You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Let's go now to our week eight. And last week we talked about fellowship with fellow believers. And let me just give you a review of where we are so I could jump up for our message today. In Matthew 4.19, Jesus... Uh, had encountered the disciples for the first time. They were not yet disciples. And he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Okay, the first three weeks we talked about following Jesus. So when Jesus wanted to make a disciple out of someone, he said, you come follow me. To follow Jesus means to see his message, his life, and his very nature that's following Jesus. And then uh, week four to six, we started talking about uh, the mission that God has for us as a church. That we exist to honor God and to make disciples. And we use the message of the gospel. And once we have the gospel, it automatic. we're so touched with the gospel, we're not even forced to actually go out and share because we, in our hearts, are transformed by the power of that message that we get to share the gospel out of our own initiative. We're compelled by the love of Christ to share the gospel. And that's why we honor God and we make disciples. Last week, we started talking about fellowship with other believers. We talked about as people on a mission, okay, as God gives us a mission, and our mission is to make disciples, it is directly tied up to the local church. Where I am today and the mission that God has given me, I cannot detach myself from the local church. Everyone here, okay? May mission na ibibigay sa atin si Lord. At we will not be able to fulfill the mission that God has for us apart from the local church. It's going to be really hard to, to live out the God-ordained purpose and calling that you have apart from the local church. God has designed it this way. I remember uh, I, got, I, I joined Victory in 1991, 1992, right? And, and when I was in high school, they would tell us, your goal is to change the world with the gospel. It was such a big vision. And, and so at first, I didn't believe in it. Until I was equipped, I was discipled, and people imparted to me. The platform where I stand today, whether inside the church or outside the church, I can always go back and say, it is because I am part of this local church. I get invited outside, it's because I'm part of this local church. It's so tied up to, to who I am today and what I do, because people invested in me when I was 13 years old. And look where I am today at the age of 28. You see, no, 37 now, right? Where God has, has placed each and every one of us, I do hope you understand, it is directly tied up to the local church. And that's why when missionaries were sent out and leaders of the local church were sent out in the New Testament, they would ask the elders of the church to come and lay hands on them because it was always in the context of a local church. And this is what we want to do today is to discuss through the Word of God, through the life of Peter, why the church community is so critical and crucial for a life of a believer. Parang mahirap sabihin na pwede ako maging Christian without being part of a local church. Right? Uh, last week, we were in a wedding. Uh, this was the wedding of Alvin and Kim, who are leaders of our church. I think when I went up and preached last Sunday in the, in the church, where they were... were where it happened, maybe half of the room were full of victory people from different 
uh, congregations from Green Hills, from Ortigas, you know, from all around. And this is what church is, and we celebrate with them. We have victory groups that happens uh, every day of the week. Okay. Uh, this is, I think, a picture of Francis Victory Group. Okay, mga single men, right? All of them available. Okay, godly and available, right? But uh, but they'll move. Okay, Francis is discipling them now, so they'll move. Okay, and and this is what we want to happen as we continue to grow as a church. Where we are now, we're close to 4,000 people. On a Sunday, we want it to feel smaller even though we're growing bigger. And how do we do that? Through church, community. Through victory groups, primarily. Now, it doesn't mean you're part of a victory group. You're in a community. And later, I'll explain to you why. Uh, this is a picture that I got from Jason's. Sorry, Jason. I don't know. Right? Pero positive naman yung sasabihin ko. No? Uh, this was Jason. He posted this. And the note on, on that on that picture was our victory group every Sundays. I started attending church 17 years ago and had my first group that, that year. Fast forward today, still using the same old boring strokes, but these boring strokes lead to change lives for the glory of God. Okay. 17 years ago, when Jason started uh, joining a victory group, imagine, he's now one year old pa lang na sa victory group ka na, alright? 17 years ago, Okay, he is busy, but he takes time to be part of what we call community. Why? Because community is not work. For some of us, we think, you know, being part of a victory group, ah, hassle, I had to adjust the time, it's an effort for me. I hope you don't see it that way. I hope your mindset when it comes to church community is that it's not work, it's not a burden. It is something that I need to be part of because it's crucial and critical for my well-being. Everybody in this world, universally, there is one thing that human beings need. The need to belong to a group. We want to be accepted. And that's why God designed the church to be full of relationships. Because you can't do life alone. It's hard to do it alone. If you think you can do it alone, superstar mentality ka, what will happen? Okay. You lose the NBA finals. You need to come together as a team. It can't be just one person doing all the work. That's why Boston lost. Nah, okay. That's why Cavs will lose. Okay? Okay. Because there's strength in numbers. And that's a good philosophy in life. Or else, what will happen? At the crucial moments of your life, you're tired. And you can't, you can't play the game. Because you're trying to carry the weight alone. You can't do it alone. You need others around you. That's how important the church community is. And that's what I said. We're people on a mission. And as people on a mission, it needs to be tied up. We are connected in the local church to make it happen. If you look at First Peter, we'll look at First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to, to 12. But if you look at the whole book of First Peter, First Peter, the major theme of the book was love. Peter would start talking about love and how we need to love one another and how we need to love our wife, our family. And he starts talking about love, but in the context of a relationship. First Peter chapter 1 was a Christian's relationship with his God and how God loves us and changes us and transforms us. And then he moves on to a Christian's relationship with, with his master or servant. And then he moves on with a Christian's relationship in marriage. And now in chapter 3, he starts saying that 
a Christian needs to have a relationship within his local community, his local church. Okay? And he gives us guidelines on how we need to build those relationships. And we'll look at that today. But before I jump off to that, I just want to answer a very important uh, tension that we all feel. You see, church community is crucial. Or maybe the right word would be critical okay, for survival. As what I said, you can't do life alone. Church community is so important. Okay? And the brand of church or Christianity that a lot of people are exposed to today, it's not church community. Many people are in crowds. What that means is, you can come here, enter the church, be part of a community, sing with the community, worship with the community, study with the community for an hour, 30 minutes, but you're really not part of community. When I say community, it's not just attending church. It's growing deeper and building deeper with the relationships that God has placed in your life. You can come here and go out and come here and go out and not be part of community. They, these are the people that we call crowds. Okay? God never wanted to just have crowds. We're not in the business of attracting crowds. We want everyone to understand the biblical concept of community. Right? So our goal today is not to make you a crowd. Because you'll miss the whole point of community if you're just part of the crowd. If you're part of the crowd, that means when something happens to you, we won't even know. We actually won't even care. Why? Because we don't know who you are. But in community, as you build, and you're intentional in building relationships within the local church, what happens? People now get to know you. There's now shared life. That's why since the Old Testament times, Jesus, God says, the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. And I know we use this often in marriage. But the principle behind this is that you cannot do life alone. The word that was used is the word uh, koinonia or community. The, ko- ko- koinonia means shared life. We share life together. As what I said, it's not a job or a work, but it takes a lot of hard work to be part of community. But I hope the mindset is, it's not actually work. It's something that I need as a human being. We just celebrated three weeks ago the birthday of Pastor Joey Bonifacio. Pastor Joey now is our senior pastor at Every Nation Singapore. He's no longer at the fort. And Pastor Joey is known for this famous phrase, sentence, discipleship is relationship. He said that as a local church, when we say discipleship, it's really all about relationships. And three weeks ago when we were honoring him, I was reminded of one of the most touching moments that I had with Pastor Joey. Just to show you the importance of church community. Why it's so important to be part of a church community. Uh, Four years ago, we were in the hospital and my son was scheduled to be operated after more than four days of being observed. And we were believing God for a miracle. But then that night, that night, the most unforgettable night where we were informed that surgery was going to push through. It was at around 8 p.m. when we received a call from Pastor Joey. And all those days prior to that night, we were trying to stay strong and be in faith that God was going to do something. And then he calls up and he asked me a question. He said, Dennis, how are you? And I couldn't talk anymore. I was crying. 
For the first time, I was crying now. And he said, okay, okay, I'm coming. In less than an hour, Pastor Joey and Marie were in our room, crying with us. Actually, not crying with us, but trying to take our minds out of the surgery. So we had coffee and we started talking. And he was with us for close to three hours that night, praying with us and staying with us at our darkest moments. You know, I look back and I say, I'm thankful for being part of church community. They didn't have to go to the hospital. A call, a prayer on the phone would have, would have done wonders for us. But it's still something when a spiritual father would come and, and just be with you in the darkest moment of your life. And we have so many brothers and sisters from this church who were with us. Even a sister stayed with Tammy till the wee hours of the morning. Outside the NICU, outside the neonatal care unit, because she just waited for the whole. Somebody just sat beside her and started talking to her. It's amazing if you're part of community. It is critical. Say ko nga grabe no, ang sarap. Pero imagine mo yung mga taong wala sa community. Or worse, they actually attend a community, but they're not in a community. And they're never going to experience what we've experienced. Something so precious. Something that we will treasure for the rest of our lives. Now, I thought it was just me. But three weeks ago, during the birthday party of Pastor Joey, another pastor stood up and said, My most unforgettable moment was when my sister died that morning. And you called. And you asked me how I was. And then you went there. And, and, and cried with me. And then another pastor came up and says, I remember when my son died. My seven-year-old son died. And you called me and you told me, don't preach this Sunday, I'm preaching in your behalf. And you went to my church and preached so that I don't need to preach. You see, discipleship is relationship. This is church community. community. It's so crucial. It's very critical that we have church community now in first peter 3 chapter 8 peter now gives us guidelines when you say i want to be planted in a church community or in a local church here are the things that you need to do number one he says finally all of you all of us talking now to the church have unity of mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind okay what was peter saying peter was saying Finally, all of us, here's what we need to do. Number one, have unity of mind. Okay? What do you mean when you say unity of mind? Unity in mind doesn't mean all of us, we act the same and talk the same. Unity means what binds us together is not really just to honor God and make disciples, but ultimately, what binds us together is the love of Christ, what Christ did for us. And I'm not just talking about victory. We can talk about our brothers and sisters from other churches. What makes us brothers and sisters, what binds us together as the body of Christ, is what Christ did for us on the cross. That's our common denominator. That's why we can work together. That's why we love each other. That's why we're part of community. And now, when you say, I want this church, Victory, to be my home church, to be my church community, there are local church expressions for us to work out our unity. And that's our mission. Our goals. 
to honor God, to make disciples, victory groups, right? Changing the world with the gospel, right? world missions, the next generation. These are our mission, our vision, and our values. Every organization in the world would have this. And this is what unites us, united in mind. United because of a common love, the love of Christ. We're blood brothers, purchased by the blood of Jesus. That's why we are united. And even though we're big, like in the mall, I'll be walking and I'll see someone with a shirt that says, Honor God, make disciples. It's so easy to say hi, even you don't know the person. Because you know you're part of one local church. And you have the same mission, vision, and values. The unity of the mind. We fight for the unity that's in this church. During the 90s, when I first joined Victory, they would always say this almost every week. And I thought they were joking at first. They said, for you to be part of Victory, you just have to know you, you will be offended. Is that serious or are they just, you know, is this an inside joke? Until I got offended. And I realized, wow, this is discipleship. People going to you and preaching the word to you without any permission and pointing out sins in your life that needs to be corrected. And I'm thankful to have brothers and sisters who rebuked me and offended me with the word of God. Kasi yung na-feel ko, member na ako ng victory, na-offend na ako eh. Di ba? And, and then I got offended again the next month. And then the next month. And then the next month. So I am a certified member of victory. Yeah. I've been offended left and right in this church. But what is far more important, it's not the offense. In fact, we would always say before, there's nothing you can do where I'll be so offended that I'm cutting off this relationship. Unity. That's a culture that we built through the years. Unity, having the same vision and values. Next is, he says, sympathy or, and tender-hearted. Sympathy means, means a sincere feeling for and with the needs of others. The early church, the New Testament church, and the, and, and the church after uh, when Peter wrote the letter, changed the culture during the time. Because for the Romans, you don't show sympathy to someone who's poor or needy. They're actually useless in society. Now, the Church of Christ started helping out these people and created a culture of sympathy and kind-heartedness. And they started helping out people. And the Romans said, you know what? What they're doing, we're not going to do that. But that's really nice. That was the observation with the early church. The Romans would actually say, and historians would write, the major difference with this church that claims that Jesus is Lord is that they really have a good culture of sympathy and compassion for the poor and the needy. That's why the Bible says there was no one in need. Pag may gutom, binibigyan ng pagkain. Pag may kailangan, hindi TV o kotse, basic needs. Not the basic ones. Okay? Everybody was well taken care of. Why? Because they're part of community. Sympathy. Tender-hearted. Changed the culture during that time. And then Peter wrote brotherly love. 
And I want you to look at this term because it's a relational term. Brotherly or sisterly love. How they saw each other was... They were brothers and sisters. Do you work towards becoming a brother or sister to your earthly siblings? No. You were born into it, right? Brotherly. Your brothers and sisters, you did not choose them. You were predestined to have brothers and sisters, whether you like it or not. But, to make a good sibling relationship, there needs to have a lot of work, right? You work hard to be united to your brothers and sisters. The same way with church community. When you decide that this is my local church, and this is my church community, God will give you handsome and beautiful, imperfect people who will test your character, who's not perfect. Some people kasi, you know, they get you know, traumatized with church community. Ah, you know, you'd hear some people say, ah, there in Green Hills, I know someone there who's like this and like that. That's why I don't want to go to church there. I'll find another community. Now, here's your problem. In all communities that you'll go to, there will always be somebody that you don't like. That is what you call community. That's why we're in community. I know if you... If you stay with me, there will be things that you, you won't like about me. But, ganun talaga eh. Ganun ang buhay. Community. It's community. Some of you, ah, yan, ganyan yan, yan, ganyan yan eh. eh. Wala, ganyan talaga yan. Brother mo yan eh. Community tayo eh. Diba? It will never be perfect. And whether you jump from one community to the other, It's relational. It means there will be heartaches, there will be celebrations, there will be weeping. Wala namang gnashing of teeth, no? Hell na yun, eh, no? There will be weeping, you know, and there will be all sorts of emotion. Why? Because it's community. Relationships. It will always never be happy. There will be other emotions that would be involved in community. That's why don't quit community. Sometimes we don't see eye to eye. That's normal. You're part of community. And then he says, humble. Humble is not just learning from one another. It's not just being teachable. But to be humble means to be vulnerable. Naka-experience okay. ba kayo? Meron kayo nilapitan. Gusto nyo mag-build ng relationship. Tapos di ka masyado makalapit. Why? Because there are walls. Invisible walls. Where they're saying, you're only up to that distance. I'm not letting you into my life. Peter says, one of the guidelines to thrive in church communities is that you need to be humble. To be humble in mind means you're saying, I can be open and vulnerable to others. For other people to speak into my life. I'm not saying be open to everyone. But be open to the people that God has placed into your life. You look around you, there are 600 relationships waiting to happen in this room. This is the blessing that you have. But the only way to enjoy the relationships here is to be what? Humble. To be vulnerable. That's why people can't come in. It's because of the walls. I'm not as open. That's what I'm saying, that even though you're part of a victory group, some of you might be part of a victory group, but you're not in community. Why? First, you treat your victory group as a Bible study. I'm just here to study the Bible. I'm not here to be vulnerable. I won't open up. I won't share life here. I'm just here to attend 
a Bible study because I want to learn the Bible. Then that's not community. That's a Bible study group. When we say victory groups, we're talking about community. Shared life. Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, of belonging, of joy, of courage, of empathy, accountability, and authenticity. When I open up my life, that's where it starts to happen. Imagine this. You can be vulnerable externally. Sige na, I'll join community. But you know that you know that deep in your heart, there are areas in your life that you don't want to open up. It's hidden. Only you know and God knows. And I won't open this up. What happens? Do you think the relationships around you will grow deep? It won't. There will always be that wall if you're not open. I've made sure my life is open to key peoples, key people in the local church. I've enlisted my, 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 my friends to ask me anything they want and I'll answer with all honesty. I've talked to some of my pastor friends and told them, I'll be vulnerable to you. Everything that's running here on this crazy brain of mine and in my heart, I'll tell you. Vulnerability. No walls. Why? I want to grow deeper in the church community. That's being authentic. What, happened, what happens a lot of times in our generation? Most, you see, you know, I, I go to Facebook. Most of them, they open up there. Problem in marriage, they open it up there. They're whining, they're complaining. They go to Facebook. All their emotions, they share on Facebook. Why? I'll tell you why. Because for them, that's their community. The problem with that community is that after your status, it gets flooded again with other statuses. Therefore, it's a virtual community. It's not a flesh, face-to-face community. It's just virtual. And, I'm t- and let me tell you honestly, Facebook, your Facebook, that's not community. That's a platform. I hope you understand now that whatever you post there, some people would hate it, some people would love it, so don't say it's your community. Some people will lambast you, some people will block you, some people will screenshot you and make the world hate you. Why? It's not community, it's a platform. So you whine there, you complain there, you talk bad about your wife or marriage there, it's just a platform revealing who you really are. Mahili ka magreklamo sa Facebook, sinasabi mo lang sa mundo, reklamador ako. Mataray ka sa Facebook, ang dagdal mo sa Facebook, pero wala ka talagang kaibigan. Sinasabi mo lang sa mundo, wala akong kaibigan. Kaya nilalabas ko lahat dito sa Facebook. Friend kami ni Mark Zuckerberg. But really, it's just a platform. It's not a community. You need flesh, face-to-face community. The only way to do that is to be humble. First step to community. Are you vulnerable enough to be part of one? Okay. Some of us, it will take a, lot, a, pro, a process of being vulnerable. But hopefully, slowly. Yeah. Sige, open up ko na to. Tapos mamiya, ito. Oh, hindi pa naman sila gulat sa mga ino-open up ko. Ito na rin. At ito na rin. Diba? And this is what I love about church community. And I'm talking about us here. When we open up, it's not to be accepted. You have to understand when you say, I want to get involved in church community. What, 
what we're doing is we're actually extending and saying, you're always welcome here. We know you're not perfect. Sa dami ko ng kwentong narinig, hindi na ako nagugulat sa mga kwentong lumalabas sa church community. Why? We all understand, we all live under the grace of God. Lahat tayo nagkamali, lahat tayo may kasalanan ng nagawa. Diba? So hindi naman parang, ha, ah, ginawa mo yan? We all understand where we stand. That's why Peter was saying, these are the guidelines for church community. It's relational. Be humble. Don't think highly of yourself. Okay. Then verse 9, Do not repay evil for evil, evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Sa message version, it says, No retaliation. Don't retaliate. Somebody does something to you, don't retaliate. Okay. No sharp tongue, sarcasm. Don't be sarcastic. Okay. I'm preaching to myself. Because I grew up in a culture where we're very sarcastic. That's why when Tommy would say, Ang gwapo mo, uy, kailangan, magkano. Hindi ko maka-accept ng compliment. <laughs> Bakit? Sarcastic kami. So now I have to fight this or else I'll create a culture and community that's sharp tongue sarcasm. Okay. Mild lang naman yung sarcasm na yun, no? But some are really sarcastic, di ba? In faith ako, faith, faith, faith ka dyan. You destroy the culture in the community. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Ang sarap, no? What's my job description in community? To be a blessing. I'm here to bless people. How do you bless people? Nilang bless pera. Some of you, you think, oh, bless? Uy, mag-bless ako. Woo. Libre naman. Hindi ganon. Blessing, uh, primarily, in this verse, was actually the words that comes out of your mouth. Are you a blessing with your words? Do you bless others with your words? Because that's the job of being part of this community. You will be a blessing. You will serve in this community. Why? Because you will be a blessing. That's your job, to bless. You're not here just to sit down, but you'll be a blessing to others. Okay? And whoever wants to embrace life and see that they filled up with good, here's what you do. And Peter now gives us a good advice here. Very practical. You want to have a good life? You want your life filled up with good? Then say nothing evil, say nothing hurtful. Be careful with your words. Okay. So he was talking to the church in all the relationships that you have. Relationship with the government, in marriage, in church community. You want to embrace life? You want it to be filled up with good? Say nothing evil. Say nothing hurtful. Okay. Very simple. Now, be careful with your words. In Filipino context, what does that mean? Number one, wag karaong chismoso. Gossip. Gossip. Number one pastime of Filipinos. For Christians, we don't gossip. We pray a request. Uy, <laughs> pag-pray natin si ano? Kasi. Tanana. Oh, ganun ba? Ay, nako, Lord. Kailangan nga niya si Lord. Alam mo ba, narinig ko. Right? Pray a request. Chismis naman talaga yun. Okay? So, what do you do when... What's the definition of gossip? Very simple. 
Gossip means you're not part of the problem, you're not part of the solution, and you're talking about it. That's gossip. So what do you do when somebody is talking about somebody who's not part of the problem and not part of the solution, and you're in that group that talks about it? Just like what we do every time. We stand up and leave that room. Or we stop the conversation if we can. Why? You have no business speaking about that person. We've been here for 10 years. Every year there's always gossip here. My first experience of gossip was so heart-wrenching. Why? Because for the first time, I realized, I'm a youth pastor. There's no gossip in youth ministry. Nung naging senior pastor ako, ang dami pa nang gossip na matatanda. Ang pinakamasakit sa akin nung nalaman ko, ang Christian pala nagagossip. That they could actually create stories that never happened. Imagine. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't sleep. Why? For the first time, I was an object of gossip. Wow, it happens. You see? Gossip destroys community. Why? Because it proven wrong. Your gossip, what happens? You become awkward in the community. And because you're proud and you have a wall, that's why you gossip. What happens? You leave the community. Because you've destroyed relationship. Hirap i-build yung trust ulit, di ba? Bakit? Sa gossip. At saka pag mahili ka mag-gossip, what happens now? When people see you, eto na, yan na. Hindi nagkwekwento sa yung mga tao, bakit? Alam nila, kwekwento mo sa iba eh. So what are you actually doing? It's not them building the wall, you're building the wall. Because their perception of you, and because according to your pattern, you're a gossiper. So it's so hard to even say something to you because you might gossip it and spread it. So very simple thing that we do here, and I want you to listen to this because this is how we would always do it. Example, Jared has a problem with Francis. Instead of gossiping about Francis, some people kasi may problem si Jared kay Francis. Anong gagawin ni Jared? Punta siya ngayon kay Sherrin. Sabi niya, may prayer request lang ako. Diba? And he started sharing to share, and then Jared would say, okay, don't say it to anyone. Okay? Except maybe this few people. Right? And then the gossip continues. Why? Jared went down, spread the, the gossip, the allegation, or the accusation. Whether it's true or false, don't go down and share the news, or don't go this way. You always go up. You go up. You have a problem with Francis, first thing you need to do, if you have the guts to confront Francis, please confront Francis. Francis, narinig ko sinabi mo to. Totoo bang sinabi mo to? Okay? Malalaman mo naman ako nagsisinungaling si Francis, di ba? Mamumula yan, tapos, eh, di, 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 di. Okay, okay. Alam mo na, okay? Okay. Now, just in case, nasisindak si Jared kay Francis, di niya malapitan si Francis, kasi di nga niya alam, but why would he spread gossip about me? Eh? Kilala ko pa, leader pa nga to. Then go up. Jared now can go to his victory group leader or even go to the pastor and say, you know what? I've heard this news. I actually don't believe it. I don't know why this is happening, but I just want to inform you guys. Maybe you can do something about it. And so now we, when there's something like that, since Jared went up, okay, it wasn't really an accusation. Now, if it's an accusation, they went up, ito ginawa ni Francis, ito ginawa ni Francis, ito ginawa ni Francis. Yeah. Kumupit sa tithes and offering, nakita ko. Diba? Pag ano nung offering box, ang tagal nung kamay niya doon. Wala naman siya pinapasok, may nilalabas, di ba? Oh, accusation yun. Ang laking accusation yan, di ba? 
Now, in church community number one, we protect each other. What does that mean? I'll say to Jared, Jared, I know Francis. He might not do that. I doubt if he really did that. But because you said that, I'll ask him. Are you willing to go with me? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. We can now go and confront Francis about it. We can also check the CCTV, okay? And all the evidences, okay? Or if he doesn't want, I'll do it, Jared. It's okay. I'll do it. Right? But you went up. So what happens? You've maintained the culture of honor. No gossip, no accusation, no allegations without any evidence. Right? Lalabas at lalabas din yan. But our first response or instinct is actually to protect. Okay. Say nothing evil, say nothing hurtful. Rude or hurtful words. Okay. Verse 11, let him okay. turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Ano sabi sa Bible? Seek peace and pursue peace. In my mind, if there's tension, this relational disunity within the community, in my mind, how do I seek peace? How do I pursue peace? It's no longer who's right or wrong. How can we reconcile now as brothers or as sisters or as brothers and sisters? Why? I'm pursuing peace. Because maybe nobody's right and nobody's wrong. But we need to reconcile because we're building community. By the grace of God, after 30 years, Victory has never had a church split. Why? It's the culture that we built. A culture of honor. A culture of church community. Discipleship is relationship. We're a highly relational movement. Even with hundreds of thousands of people, we've never experienced a church split. Why? We're guarding the culture. We're guarding the seeds that God has given us. And so, we always do it this way. Now, let me end with this quote by Paul Tripp. He says, We weren't created to be independent, autonomous, or self-sufficient. We were made to live in a humble, worshipful, and, and loving dependency upon God, and in a loving and humble interdependency with others. Our lives were designed to be community projects. We're all connected in community. Yet, the foolishness of sin tells us that we have all that we need within ourselves. Sin would tell us, I can live life alone. I don't need community. I don't need to be vulnerable. I can do this alone. And that's what sin does. That's why a lot of people are not in community. We settle for relationships that never go beneath the casual. Hi, hello, God bless. Mm-mm. We defend ourselves when the people around us point out a weakness or a wrong. We hold our struggles within. Not taking advantages of the resources, or can I say, the relationships God has given us. Church community. Let not the foolishness of sin blind us from the relationships that God has placed in our lives. Let's not be easily offended when you understand this is community. Let us not give up meeting together. Paglaban natin to. Let's fight for community. 
If you say, this is my local church, this is a value that we have. We don't want you to be part of the crowd. As we end, imagine the, the irony of it all. Every day, as you enter this church, you're entering community. You sing, you worship, you study the word in community. But maybe half of us here, we're part of the crowd. We're not part of the community. You go in, you go out. You go in, you go out. The foolishness of sin is that it will tell you you don't need community. You just need to attend one hour, 30 minutes, okay na yan. Actually, four o'clock, one hour, 15 minutes. Extended na ako ng two minutes now. Right? One hour, 17 minutes na, okay? Okay na yan, pwede na yan. That's what sin does. It blinds you from understanding how critical for survival in life church community is for a believer. So today we want to challenge you, be part of community. Let's all bow down our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you for this message. Lord, thank you because Peter reminds us, exhorts us how important church community is. And Lord, even as we're deciding that victory is our local church, this is our church community, I pray, Lord, that we would build deeper. Lord, that this would not be casual relationship. Lord, that I'll not be just in and out, but I would experience the power of community, the warmth of church community. Lord, the imperfect yet gracious church community that you place me in. So today, Lord, may this area of my life be something that I'll work on by the power of the Holy Spirit to take away the walls and for some even the spiritual pride so that I could be open and be vulnerable once again to the people that you place in my life. Blessing to everyone here with relationships that would be stronger, relationship that would stick closer than a brother through church community. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.